everybody. Hi, friends. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, um, <laughs> the cult of Trump and you know, uh, his his followers. We and, joke uh, about that phrase like, oh, it's a cult or whatever. Um, That may not be a joke. <laughs> that might be just the truth. Yeah, we have some interesting uh, details about evangelicals, followers of Trump, that, that uh, sort of it's floated scary to the surface this week. And I don't yeah, know if you guys are aware of, of this. Kind of weird. Some weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, are, are you aware, dear listener, that the world has gone absolutely batshit crazy? The, the, it's in madness. kind of a scary way. So um, The most powerful country in the world is terrifying right now. Are oh, you aware of that? It's... I'm terrifying, terrifying, <laughs> uh, concerning, alarming. It's a little concerning um, and or alarming. <laughs> anyway, uh, we have other stuff uh, that we need to talk to before we get to that. Yeah. Uh, some uh, some other things that happened this week, including, Dan, an, a story about an ongoing situation in Iran Mm. Um, but it's something that's sort of, uh, been surging of late. I think we're all aware that Iran, um, executes people, um, for, you know, political reasons and whatnot. There's been a oh, surge for, for only valid reasons. <laughs> very, very valid. Uh, there's been sort of a surge in executions, oh dear. um, pretty much since um the the women life freedom uprising began in september right. 2022 and we we've talked about that a bit on the show there's something else that's been uh surging at the same time that's probably gotten a little bit less international attention and that's finger amputation what? Um, yes. Um, this is, uh, it's actually part of their whole, that cute little um, Islamic, you know, law uh, yeah. stuff that they, that they, they just love so much. If officially mm. they follow, you know, Sharia law in their court system. And so they, they meet out these sentences that, you know, people like Amnesty International aren't too happy about. Now, this um, Sharia law, that's the same thing that Obama wanted, right? Correct. And that actually uh, conservative Christians in this country want, but by a different name. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they don't want to call it that. It's the exact same thing, but it's branded <laughs> totally differently. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, so um, this article that I, that I saw uh, talks about a recent um, amputation of fingers uh, of two different two prisoners in the uh, city of Qom, Q O M. Mm. I assume that's Qom. Um, and uh, so what they do is they have a guillotine like device, <laughs> um, and, and it's, it's it's in the picture here. It's not exactly what you would expect. It looks more maybe like it's um, a spring powered blade. Of oh some kind God. that they put the person's fingers into, release the the mechanism, and off the off with the finger. I guess it's um, just like when when you're cutting off enough fingers that you're like, we need a device for this. This isn't, you know what the uh, 
just doing it by hand is annoying. It's hurting my wrist. Can we just invent a spring-loaded device to <laughs> well, do this? Yeah, please? I mean, in fact, according to the Abdurrahman Baru Baruman Center, which I should have looked up to see who they are, but they're they're sort of <laughs> mentioned in this in a similar article or a similar paragraph talking about Amnesty International reporting on some of this stuff. So I think right. they're kind of maybe a little watchdog group, or at least they're at least they're tracking sure. it. Um, right. They say that since January 2000, uh, Iranian af- authorities have amputated the fingers of at least 131 people. That's who they know of. And what the, what they do is a the law calls for the amputation of the four fingers of the right hand, leaving the palm and the thumb. To, four. All, That's- all four. All four fingers wow. on the right hand. That's for your first offense for theft. Right? This is for wow. theft. This is that that's first offense. The first offense, first time you're caught uh stealing something. Um and I, I looked, I tried to find examples of like what people were stealing. The only one that I could find was stealing sheep. There was this other article that was like funny that like high level embezzlement. Uh, oh yeah, those no, guys no. get like house arrest and get to keep all their fingers. Right. Yeah. But, white um, collar. I mean, it. It. That's an international law. <laughs> that white collar crime, you get to get away with it. <laughs> On your second offense, uh, they cut off your left foot. Uh, wow. Third wow. offense. This is for, again. This is for stealing. Okay. Third yeah. offense, life imprisonment, and uh-huh. the fourth offense is the death penalty. Which if you're which, in prison which for it, life, I don't know how yeah. you got to steal something for the fourth time. Maybe the fourth incident. <laughs> it's just fourth example of don't don't steal when you're in jail. What about don't st- take don't yeah. take somebody else's food or whatever. Yeah, uh, I have a feeling. Yeah, that's probably about it. And yeah, uh, obviously Amnesty International is calling this out. The um, this is actually it's. It's in violation of Article 7 of the International Convention on Civil and Political Rights, uh, which, yeah. of course, Iran cares so much about. Right. Yeah, they're um, really they're really shaking in their boots on that one. Which it is interesting that Iran is a state party uh, to <laughs> the covenant. I guess the International Covenant. Did I say convention? International Covenant. So it's this is it's bad. It's internationally obviously frowned upon, yeah. uh, seri- very seriously, and it. I mean, it's just a horrible, cruel thing. They, and they're like, "Oh yeah, but this helps reduce incidents of theft." And it's like, does it? Yeah, I know. Does it really? A, that's the question I always have about uh, when it comes to deterrence, like. You know, when 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 a state decides that they're going to deter a, a certain thing by punishment, I don't think it works. No. Nobody like people still steal. People still do like that's not the way to address the problem. Yeah. The fucking death penalty. You would think that like, you know, oh, wow. Oh, the penalty is death. Right. Oh, I, I won't go murder people. Guess what? Fuck death. Murder if I see a happens. guy walking around with a thumb and that's it, I I I might think twice about stealing, but like apparently But that's it, you, Dan. You're already not in a situation. These are people who I'm assuming right. are very, you know, very for, poor. Very poor. Yeah. Um and uh who I I don't know the situ- the different situations that 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 
are coming up for these folks. I feel Obviously like theft solving- is a problem. <laughs> like you don't want to yeah. encourage people going around stealing things. But I mean, this kind of discouragement obviously isn't solving the problem because there's if they're having to still do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not solving if, the problem. If, if you're still ordering finger guillotines. Yeah. And if it just it, turns out that some people steal and some people do bad things, then just lock them up for a little or while. Something, right? Or something. Or, or st- get them to solve poverty. Get, well, yeah, that would be cool. But then they'd find out the people still, the, the whole thing, embezzlement, right? People mm. still always see other stuff that they want, figure out a way to get it. And uh, it's just about containment and you can't let them get away with it. But I, cutting people's fingers off is not the way to do it. No. I mean, we're clearly not it. experts on, on like the, the topic of crime and appropriate punishment. But like it probably should go the other way. I, it probably should be that like corporate criminals should get their fingers cut off. And like, well, yeah, but the, the, the other article that I read about it that was started bringing up embezzlement. I was like, well, good. At least they're getting it. And then, of course, it got to the details of it. it's like, oh, no, but they, they no. don't. And I'm like, yeah, the the biggest form of crime in the U.S., the biggest form of theft in the U.S., because, you know, when any anytime a right winger brings up like, oh, the, the, you know, there's crime is rampant and whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, it is. And the form of it is wage theft. Mm, yeah. Companies literally not paying their employees properly. Yeah. Like that's the biggest form of theft in the country. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, that's great. Uh, if you wave at an Iranian and they don't wave back quite as well, just have a little video on them, I guess. Jeez, Dan. I know, right? Uh, I'm going to take us back here to the States where uh, y- you know that, like, we, we, you know, we talked a few months ago about how the uh, the SBC, the Southern Baptist Conference Convention, Southern Baptist Convention, uh <laughs> Recently, cracked down hard on uh, women pastors. Oh, no yeah. women pastors. We're not going to have it. We're doing a hard line. It's what Jesus said, and we're going to do it. Yeah. Jesus didn't say it, but like it's, that's important to them. <laughs> they kicked out some major uh, congregations out of the, the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, including, what was the big one? They kicked out like, oh... I don't remember the name of it, but one one really huge one. Uh, anyway, because women are not allowed to be pastors, <laughs> that's it. That's final. No lady pastors. No lady pastors. <laughs> Paul said something about it one time, I think. Anyway, um, uh, here's the thing, though. What one of the things that as the the Southern Baptist Convention has is they they have a an insurance company called that they call Guidestone hmm. which is an an entity of the Southern Baptist Convention hmm. uh, and what they do is they offer reti- uh sort of insurance and retirement plans to pastors now the article that i'm reading doesn't say what kind of insurance but one wonders if it's insur- if if they're insuring pastors against um being sued for whatever uh, a pastor might be sued for or, you know, uh, whatever a, a congregation might. Anyway, they offer insurance and retirement plans. 
what are you suggesting here, Dan? Nothing. Like you I, were, in, I, you were insinuating something, and <laughs> I'm asking myself, what does a pastor need to be insured against that is unique to their particular line, and uh, and then just sort of dreaming on that idea. <laughs> um, here's the thing. Uh, so. The, the, while the SBC is absolutely foursquare against women pastors, they're more than happy to take their money. <laughs> so what? So the they they don't just insure uh, other Baptists. So the Global Methodist Church, and you'll recall, Global Methodist Church is the recent schizoid mm. um, from the United Methodist Church. Uh, these are the assholes who, like, United Methodists were way too nice to gay people. Right. We can't have that. That's absolutely not okay. So we're we're skitzing out. <laughs> uh, they, so they skizzed and, uh, and then became their own thing. But apparently they, they, even those guys are, like, a little bit more progressive than the Baptists because they still affirm women pastors. <laughs> So they have just they they have engaged uh Guidestone to be their uh their their insurance provider. Hmm. And Guidestone's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I just think that's funny. They're really hardline on their convictions about women pastors. But until they'll take their money. And, until it's time to make some money off of them. <laughs> I mean, they're gonna take their money, obviously. Yeah, of course. It's the American way. It is. That's so. and it's the real religion. <laughs> All right, Dan. Pope Francis, who we've we've been willing uh, of late to be like, yeah, this guy. He's like, uh, he's a little progressive, isn't he? Right? Like he's trying to change the church. He's uh, he talks progressive he's, anyway. He's got all this great vision for the church, and he's so good <laughs> on all these issues, so forth and so on. Every once in a while, though, it's always important to just remind ourselves that he's still the Pope. He's still a Catholic. He's still uh, whatever, right? And the way that he's reminding us about that fact this week uh, is that he he has called for a universal ban on surrogacy. God damn it. (laughs) Saying, I deem deplorable the practice of so-called surrogate motherhood which represents a grave violation of the dignity of the woman and the child based on the exploitation of situations of the mother's material needs. A child is always a gift and never the basis of a commercial contract. Says <laughs> is the, I the think Pope. he's mad about regifting. <laughs> what? He says a child is always a gift. And then that lady just regifts it to this <laughs> other lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's well oh clear I mean regifting it is a bit of a faux pas. I don't mm. I don't know that it uh <laughs> needs uh a, a universal ban, however. Oh my god. Um, it's such what a dick move. Well, I mean here's the like, thing. He is he is in this line, he is calling out something that I think one would want to avoid when uh engaging the services of a surrogate, right? You do not want to be uh exploiting somebody right okay um which 
is an ethical question that has been raised by many people about surrogacy, right? Okay. Um, and I would say, however, that's not probably the the majority of cases. And also it's serving a legitimate need that he's also, he's calling for people to have more kids. Right. Right. And, and it's just, it kind of, I don't know. It doesn't really sit well with me that like in one breath, you're like, Oh yeah, life is beautiful and we need more, more humans and more Catholics and this and that. And then you, and then there's a, a way to do that over here yeah. and to then have the child raising a family by, or by parents who really want this child and presumably are going to give it a lot of, uh, you know, I mean, who, who yeah. you, you can't say as to like what kind of parents they're going to be, but th- th- this is a wanted child. But uh, yeah, and at so, very least they've gone to heroic effort. Yeah. To, to be parents. Yeah. And which also, is exactly what yeah. theoretically you were saying you wanted. Right. Um, yeah, they, they, they are, they're, often paying somebody to carry the child for them. Yeah. Right. Um, and I've heard of scenarios that, that this, this rule would also just cut out entirely that weren't commercial, uh, a sibling carrying the child, right. A sibling of one of yeah. the, 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 maybe it's a gay couple, right. And they have right. a, a sibling carry the child or whatever oh, it is. Maybe right? that's his problem is that gays can have kids then. Well, it did. Yeah. Yeah. I, Maybe he's not so nasty about, well, he is nasty about the gays. We shouldn't entirely, we can't let him entirely off the hook about the gays. Just because he says, let's, let's bless gay marriages or gay couples, not the marriage, the couple. Yeah. Um, Like, yeah. Bless the, the sinners, not the sin. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) Good Lord. Yeah. So that's going on. He's all up in arms. No surrogacy. He's he's Boo. got his priorities intact for sure. <laughs> what a dick! <laughs> like, how do you get mad about surrogacy? Like, you know, usually it's not Dan. It's it is surprising, Dan. It's not a universally, um, um, beloved beloved thing. Yeah, like, um, not that, not that this is a great example, but it's not. It's illegal in Italy and several other countries. Um, and, uh, other places like the United Kingdom, uh, surrogacy is legal, but restricted and commercial surrogacy is outlawed. I would assume that means where there's any exchange of money. And then, uh, surrogacy laws vary from state to state in the United States. Like, like we haven't, it's not just a universal, it's not a question that has a universal answer in sort of the broader society. Right. I think that more open-minded left-leaning, maybe atheist folk probably are just like, Oh yeah. Like what's the big deal. Right. Right. Um, but it's, it's, it's not something that has been completely 100% worked out either. So, well, there you go. Just, just to throw that in there. It's like, you know, yeah. Like it seems like, yes, of course to, to you and me, but I don't know if it's so cut and dry to everyone. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Oh look, a woman's doing what she wants with her body. I think that's probably the the big the big stumbling block. Right. Is that is that a woman is choosing things without anyone else's permission? I don't know. Get some men involved. Make make sure that they're 
They're the ones making the decisions, Pope Francis. Well, oftentimes it's two gay men who are right? involved. There you go. See, that's multiple men. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, I'm going to take us to Nepal where, okay, on our show, we talk a lot about, you know, Christian pastors who, you know, are, it's, you know, Christian pastors doing horrible things to children, mm. Catholic priests, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so like so commonplace that it like just a story about that will not make our show. We like I pass by those stories all I the know. time. It's oh, really this sad. guy yet another one, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Uh but one hates to pick on just the Christians. So, I am going to tell the story of uh, a guy in Nepal who okay. was just erect, arrested. This is this is uh, a man by the name of Ram Bahadur Bamjan. Uh, Bamjan is a uh, ha- has a fairly large religious following because he is Buddha boy. Oh, <laughs> I okay. love the name Buddha boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm I just I'm looking at a picture of him being arrested and he's in like a bright white uh down puffer jacket and stuff. Anywho, uh Buddha Boy uh gained quite a, a sizable following uh for a while. It it has dwindled a little bit in recent years, but he was a spiritual leader uh who claimed to be the the uh the reincarnation of the Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama. Oh wow! Uh, yes, good he, for him. That's a that's a get. Yeah, if, yeah. <laughs> he man, I think if he you're going to be by, reincarnated, that's who you. That's the one you want, right? Yeah, yeah. I I think he managed it by pulling off a stunt where he convinced people that he had sat under a tree for like a week without moving or something like that. <laughs> I'm I'm certain he didn't actually do it, but. <laughs> Uh, but you know, David Blaine never had the balls to actually claim that he was the reincarnated uh, anybody. So, so tough shit on him. Uh, anyway, uh, Buddha Boy has been arrested for sexually assaulting a minor and involvement in the disappearance of at least four of his followers. So, uh, so yeah, uh, the idea I think is don't. And anybody who is given too much power, mm-hmm. there's there's danger. Yeah, especially if it's a if it's a more secretive cult, uh, if it's a more you know a smaller and more secretive uh-huh. high demand religion. Uh, yeah, be be very very wary. <laughs> that's, that's bad things are going to happen there. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's it's Buddhist. It's not just Christians. It's not just. I think that's uh, important to point out, Dan. Yeah, it's not it's, just the Abrahamic religions that do horrible things. It's them all. <laughs> Does your religion have people involved in it? Guess oh. what? You're in danger. Power structures? Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Leaders? Leaders. Humans? Yep. Yeah. All right. Dan. Yeah. There's a problem in this world, and Martin Scorsese is on it. Oh, thank um, God. He has uh, seen... This this strange trend in our country of people moving away from organized religion, uh-huh. and uh, his next f- film, uh, he he is taking on this problem head on. 
Oh, thank you. Um, and uh, and he is going to be uh, making he's an, it's doing an adaptation of a novel called A Life of Jesus yeah. uh, by the writer Shusaku Endo, um, who he's he's um, adapted another uh novel of his uh the movie silence yes which i i had to watch that movie very carefully because i did an episode of god-awful movies where we made fun of silence (laughs) somehow silence i it i never hit my radar uh it's not good yeah anyway it's it's scorsese but it's yeah anyway yeah so anyway um he um he and his writing partner uh, Kent Jones finished the screenplay of a life of Jesus. And, uh, apparently according to Scorsese, we're swimming in inspiration. Um, mm. f- and uh, the, the film, I guess is going to be it's set in the present day. And it focuses on Jesus's core teachings in a way that explores the principles, this is his words here, in a way that explores the principles but doesn't proselytize. He goes on. Yeah. I know, right? I totally believe that. <laughs> 100%. Trust you completely, Marty. Uh, he says, I'm trying uh, to find a new way to make it more accessible and take away the negative onus of what has been associated with organized religion. Uh, He goes on right now, religion, you say that word and everyone is up in arms because it's failed in so many ways, but that doesn't mean necessarily that the initial impulse was wrong. Let's get back. Let's just think about it. You may reject it, but it might make a difference in how you live your life. Even in rejecting it. Don't dismiss it offhand. That's all I'm talking about. (laughs) What are you talking about? What, Um, What the fuck? And it takes place in modern times, but it's called the life of Jesus. Yeah. So somehow they put the life of Jesus in modern times. I, I'm not entirely sure how that all works. Oh man. That's the first time anybody's thought of doing that. Well, um. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Um, he says um, he was inspired to begin working on, on a life of Jesus uh, after meeting Pope Francis in 2023. And he participated in a conference titled the global aesthetics of the Catholic imagination. And he's told the press at the time I have responded to the Pope's appeal to artists in the only way I know how by imagining and writing a screenplay for a film about Jesus. And so this is this coming down the pike. Um, You know, Scorsese clearly must be very Catholic. Um, And uh, meeting the Pope was probably a big effing deal. Uh, for yep. him and uh, you know this is not the first time that he's obviously there was silence uh, which was about some Portuguese missionaries in in, in Japan, Japan or something Japan, yeah yep. um, working with or tending to a group of Christians who had to worship in, in secret is that the deal yeah the, basically that's it that's yeah, very inspiring the, for the back in the whatever for Christians, Whatever Christians era. love that kind of thing. Oh, Christians having to. And I'll be honest with you, he like he didn't. It wasn't uh, entirely. It like you know a guy like Scorsese is not going to make Christian propaganda. Sure. So well, so yeah, it, say that it's, now. it's 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's not like he like he knows better than David A.R. White or one of these guys who just makes the most overt Christians rule and everybody else is an idiot and right. atheists are just Christians waiting to have a bad day and then they'll be Christians again and blah, blah, blah. Like, he's not going to tell that story. He's sure. going to be better than that. So. Well, I mean, he, this is also the guy who did The Last Temptation of Christ. True uh, that. And, uh, and, you know, there was also Kundun, not Christianity, but um, that was about the the Dalai Lama mm. sort of... You know, so he's he's definitely one to have tackled spiritual sort of these spiritual uh, topics before, um, yeah. but this is not one that I'm I'm like super excited to see. I haven't seen um, <laughs> the uh, Killers of the Flower Moon yet, but it's definitely on my list and coming up. I mean, the guy's yeah, great. Have- the guy is great when he's when he's great. He's great. Right. When he's good, he's very good. Yeah, I I haven't seen Killers of Flower Moon either. Yeah, I think it's- he is also getting older. He's getting. I, I I don't know. He's eighty one. For he's a he's an old man. Yeah. It's, so who knows what he's going to be producing next? Um. All right. <laughs> Speaking of things being produced, uh, I'm This is I'm taking us to uh, a beautiful historic Brooklyn. Mm. The uh the uh what is what is the neighborhood Crown Heights neighborhood? Oh, yeah, yeah. Of Brooklyn, uh, which houses the. The Chabad Lubavitch Global Headquarters, uh, which is a, uh, a a synagogue. There's a synagogue there in Crown Heights. Yeah, which has been closed down. Oh, and no. uh, and several of the buildings surrounding it uh, are being condemned. Oh my god! As we speak. Why? <laughs> well. I'll tell you what, I had to do some digging to figure it out because, and I'm still confused about it. No pun intended. Although people won't know the pun yet. (laughs) Well, because there was a tunnel that was dug under the, uh, under the synagogue. (laughs) That's so ridiculous. And it was not done to code or anything. This was just, this was just some dudes digging a tunnel into the synagogue. (laughs) this is hot group got together (laughs) (laughs) it's so crazy uh so we're talking about some uh some hasidic jews i think they so this is this yeah this is a a whole hasidic uh area Mm -hmm. and they're they're the uh the the very conservative uh hyper orthodox yeah the the so-called ultra orthodox right and they apparently there is a small group Within this community, um, that is not officially sanctioned by the by the the synagogue, hmm. uh, but they they are messianic believers <laughs> in a guy named Rabbi Menachem Mendel. Yeah. Oh, Ma, sorry, Menachem Mendel Schneerson. Okay. Who died in 1994? Right. Except that they don't believe that he died in 1994. They believe that he was the Messiah and that he's still alive and that he wants them to expand the synagogue and that they should have access to the synagogue for themselves. Oh, my God. And so and when so apparently they were denied that access, so they thought they'd make it themselves. <laughs> so they dug a fucking tunnel into the synagogue. And now the whole, like, like the city has come in and they had to sort of condemn the place. 
and to the you know the the synagogue themselves they're they're working with the city they're doing it all right they're like literally you know they're they had to shut it down and they have to like they're gonna take whatever steps they need to take to to mitigate the problems of the structural integrity problems that these weirdos have created by fucking digging into just build your own synagogue if you need a why do you need that building i don't get it it's <laughs> such it's the weirdest damn thing i've ever heard in my life <laughs> well and the article that i saw about this dan it had the the same group of uh young um described them as yeshiva students right that, oh okay um that blocked the cement trucks when they came to fill in the hole right and <laughs> yeah. so they're like hanging like they they just like kept running into the tunnel whenever they were gonna like starting to get ready to like start filling <laughs> it in and just causing a commotion and the police had to come out and everything and it's like well, holy cow these really guys hard on it <laughs> It was. It takes a lot of effort to make a tunnel. It does. Have you seen the TikTok lady that dug a tunnel? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I saw. It. I'm not on TikTok, so if I saw it, I figured it had to be everybody on TikTok must have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, it looks like it's 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 tough work. Yeah. And this uh, tunnel, this tunnel that they built was it's eight. It's 16, or sorry, 60 feet long. What? And eight, and eight feet wide. Whoa. Yeah. This isn't just some little like hole. This is, that's serious. Yeah. You could get a golf cart through there. Yeah. You could, you can run gurneys. <laughs> through. <laughs> it's a, uh, oh my oh, God. Now you the guys. buildings are going to collapse. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I, it's just so weird. That is such. If you're if you're sitting there, I want to I want to be at the meetings when they're all sitting around going, "How can we get into the synagogue? We we by rights we're the ones that should have access to the synagogue, and right. they keep they you know the rabbis keep saying that they're the only ones who you know they keep not giving us a key. <laughs> well, you know what we should I, do. I, my guess is. <laughs> Uh, you guys were a little funny in the head before the whole tunnel thing. You know what I right? mean? Like they, they, they were making a good call, keeping you guys out. So yeah, clearly I'll tell you what though. They got organized. They, oh. they put in the effort. Oh yeah. Just to, yeah. It shows some initiative, uh, Dan, like it you really, really let's not, let's not come you down too hard to on them. them. Yeah. They, these guys, they they clearly uh, had a plan. They laid it yeah. all out. Somebody was in charge. I mean, what I love, what the thing that I kept thinking, I didn't realize it was that much uh, soil had been displaced. But I figured it had to be a, a good amount. I'm like, where did yeah. all the dirt go? Where did they put the dirt? Yeah, that they dug out. Like that. That's to me. That's amazing. Like they had. They had to have been like have buckets in the back of cars hauling it off somewhere because you can't just make a big pile of that dirt somewhere in the street of Brooklyn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. It does seem like that would be a really big problem. There's some, if you don't, I'm just you, saying there's some logistical to, things here, right? There's some major logistical things. <laughs> it's absurd. Like they, like you, and you have to be, so you have to be trucking out 
massive amounts of earth and trucking in massive amounts of like support structure. Yeah, you would think, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I just I don't know. I I do have to say though, I don't I just can't I can't get on board. I'm not on board with any religion, but I really can't get on board with a religion with with, with a, a a faction that believes that the Messiah was named Schneerson. <laughs> it's just Schneerson. That's no. God's not going to pick somebody with a name like Schneerson to be your Messiah. It's just not. That's <laughs> Cohen. Cohen would be a Messiah for sure. Oh, I see but, what you're saying. But Schneer. I mean, it's just a Schneerson. It's just a. It's just a bad. It's just. It's it's the sound. It doesn't it doesn't ring Messiah to my ear. <laughs> uh, Larry, a, a Larry can't be a Messiah. No, you can't have Larry be a Messiah. Yeah. That's just not that's yeah. just not going to be okay. There are certain names, you know. Yeah, that that are just not going to make it. Yeah, I, well, you know, that's that's it's not me. If you if you have an argument with that, you can talk to the Lord. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you would like to write in and tell us which names you think can or can't be the Messiah, or comment on any of the things that we've talked about, feel free to do so. You can write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave a voicemail message. We'd love to hear from you. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Stick around, there's more show coming up. Frank, Dan, uh, I love it when someone calls themselves a prophet. That's like <laughs> one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. Uh, it's also a great red flag. Uh, oh, if if you're ever dating someone and they the word <laughs> I'm a prophet comes out of their mouth. Is that, that a is, warning or advice that our, our listeners, you think our listeners need, Dan? No, but uh, <laughs> there it is. It's still there for all to hear. Uh, so here's a self-proclaimed prophet, a guy named Charlie Champ, uh, who went on the, the Steve Schultz uh, show. I don't know what the name of his show is. Steve Schultz is the one with the bald head. Anyway, um, <laughs> Charlie Champ, he has inside knowledge as to... Um, what is what happened? Uh, I I'm gonna let him tell the whole story. It's fine. Oh, oh, okay. He's just, we'll just I, I'm not gonna set it up. Here we go. I have a personal friend who, when Elon Musk bought Twitter, yeah. he was allowed to go into the into Twitter now X and anoint every one of the rooms. He actually Whoa. poured oil and Whoa. and met with some of the leading people in um in in that uh in that uh, industry and was able to prophesy and the very place that elon musk made the announcement that he had bought twitter my friend actually poured oil in that place and prophesied so there are things that are going on behind the scenes that are happening that people that i that we can't even talk about publicly yeah. But we need to begin to pray for these people. We need to begin to understand uh, what God is doing. 
there are a few things that I love about this thought. <laughs> the first one being the idea, like, obviously this never happened. This is just yeah, a, a, a made up story. My, right. I have a friend who did a thing is like, that's the best way to start a convincing story. But I love the idea of Elon Musk two weeks later being in an office and being like, does something smell rancid to you? Is it, do you smell like rancid oil smell somewhere in this room? Yeah. What? What? What's happened here? That's uh, a wild the, story. I also love the idea that like they went in and blessed and anointed the platform that is that has like literally burned a significant amount, like half of its of its net worth of its value more than that yeah like it's like it's down 70 oh, percent. yeah it's like 70 percent. Yeah. yeah like literally your anointing sucks dude please <laughs> do not anoint any of my stuff well god has a higher purpose dan <laughs> than just you know the the accumulation of of money yeah. um although the mormons would have you believe something else um yeah but um, yeah, the the idea that like Twitter in the hands of Elon Musk is somehow part of God's plan, <laughs> they they never cease to amaze me in how they they, they just the, the ways in which they point out that their God sucks. Yeah, right? this platform yeah. has become now, you know, a, it's now a center for like hatred and white supremacy and um you know all the bad yeah. corners of the internet all are, are finding their way onto twitter and it's 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 horrible literally there now the there is a a term for christian nationalist assholes mm -hmm. on twitter and it's blue checks people oh, wow. literally say Oh, the blue checks are out there. They're, they were saying blah, blah, blah. Wow. Because he sold off the, the verification system to, yeah. for eight bucks a month. And the only people who decided to buy in <clears throat> were like right wing trolls. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. What an astoundingly like every choice that Musk has made there has made everything worse. Every single time uh, he makes a choice, he makes everything worse. I've loved watching it, though. Oh, yeah. It's been a delight. Oh. And I know a lot, and that's probably for a lot of people who were on Twitter who really loved it when that probably isn't, they probably don't like hearing people say that, but um, watching the decline of it, uh, mainly yeah. at the hands of this genius, right? The, yeah, this, this mega genius. Yeah, who's just like, oh, he's got like the Midas touch basically with these companies and blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, what a yeah. brilliant man, right? And it's yeah. just, it's completely exposed Elon Musk for what he is, which is just <laughs> a dirt bag. A complete and utter dirt bag. Just, yeah. just an ego walking ar around without a brain. Yeah. Yeah. Making choices. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, but there are better people in the world, and some of them write into us sometimes, so Yay. let's get to them. Uh, 
Guy from Montana wrote in to say, hey, guys, since you brought it up last week, I wanted to offer a rationalization for voting for Biden, regardless of how anyone feels about him. Hmm. Uh, That's a thing that we said people, everybody has to do uh, (laughs) because you have to listen to us. We're your podcast daddies. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, here we go. (laughs) It's, it's sexy. They love it. Don't worry about it. Uh, uh, guy continues. The basic premise is the two party system as we know it, uh, is a function of our voting system because of our first, first past the post system votes for third party candidates are essentially votes for the opponent. This is evidenced by what happened in 2016 with Jill Stein and Hillary Clinton. Principled voters chose to vote for a candidate that best represented their political affiliation in Jill Stein. This had the unfortunate side effect of siphoning votes away from Clinton, thus giving Trump the win. Had these voters voted for Clinton instead of Stein, Trump may not have won. This is the downside to our current political voting system in most areas. And uh, those that think that Uh, think this way, must transition away from the idea that we vote for a person. We have to think of it as we are voting against someone. And in this case, we need to be voting against Trump. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think that that's an interesting way of looking at it when you're in a a two-party system. Two-party system is a terrible thing. A guy goes on to talk about ranked choice voting. Which I love. Yeah. Which is which is obviously a better way. It's not perfect, and yeah. there are many different forms of ranked choice voting, and they all have their advantages and disadvantages. But all of them, most of them, are better. Yeah. Than the system that we currently have. I really. But until yeah, until we have it, he's right. You just you're just not allowed to vote for a third yeah. party. You're just not. I mean, for our municipal elections here in Salt Lake, um, we have ranked choice, and it's yeah. nice. It, it it's great. I mean, you can vote for the person that you most align mm-hmm. with, yeah, knowing that it's not going to screw over <laughs> your second choice, uh-huh. uh, uh, who is better than than your the third, third choice. choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, thanks for that. Stu wrote into us. Stu, we love Stu. Stu says uh, uh, he's 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 got a, a few bullet points here. He says hate mail. Uh, I disagree with ignoring uh, the the presidential contest. You and I said, go ahead and ignore it and then just vote for the right person at the end. Well, I mean, if it's for your, your own mental health. Right, right. Right. Which is kind of what I'm saying. Like I can't, I can't pay all the attention to this thing. I will go crazy. Yeah. But anyway, it's very painful. Yeah, proceed. Uh, anyway, uh, Stu says, sure. Take care of your mental health through exercise and distracting activities. But one of the reasons we're in this Trumpian fix is because people haven't paid enough attention to politics. Pay attention. Get your friends to pay attention. Knock on doors. Work for pro-democracy candidates. Get out the vote. Especially now since I'm an old man and can't get out like I used to. Hmm. Okay, that's fair. Uh, If you have energy to do so, please do uh, put in some work. That would be great. If, If you don't like me... Uh, then maybe maybe get a podcast where you tell everybody how to vote. There you go. Uh, <laughs> that's that's me get that's me going door to door. Uh, anyway, the second thing Stu had to say was, uh, I did. He says I didn't know that podcasting was struggling. 
I'm currently at the priest level on Patreon, uh, and he thanks us for his magic powers. I'm sure they're working very well for him. Of course, yeah. uh, uh, but I've sent an additional donation through Aww. PayPal. Uh, that's so that's sweet. Really so sweet. thank you, Stu. So yes, uh, we. I am going to, at least for now, upgrade uh, our Stu from priest level. Oh, we're we're going to give him the Melchizedek priesthood. Oh, and, and bump him up to let's. Oh, let's call him a high priest just for fun. Ooh. I don't think so that's one of our options, so that's very special. It's not. Yeah. I'm reserving it for Stu. <laughs> Stu, you're a high priest, uh, so get real excited about that. Uh, when, and it's also fun to give uh, this kind of priesthood to a Jewish person. That's always fun, <laughs> too. So, so enjoy that, Stu. We also have a, uh, a one-time donation from Jack. So thank you so much, Jack. You are now a, uh, a deacon. Ooh. In in the TGIA priesthood, so enjoy your little magic powers. We Ooh. really appreciate uh, your donation. We, uh, and do you do you have anyone to thank? We do, Dan. We have two new patrons on Patreon. Uh, we have a new priest by the name of John. Thank you, John. And Ooh. we have a new elder by the name of Margaret. So, oh, Margaret. Awesome. Thank, thank you, you so much. So much. If you guys would like to join the ranks of these wonderful people and uh, help make our show go, it's this is the only way that we actually do go is through our li- <laughs> generous listener donations. Yeah. Uh, you can you can do so by going to thankgodimatheist.com and clicking on the support tab and then choosing whether you want to do a one-time donation over a PayPal or a monthly donation there too. Oh, Wait, Jack was a monthly donation. I'm sorry. Oh, so, uh, Jack was not a one-time donation. I forgot. I I, I miss uh, applied that. So Jack, I'm. I thank you for for that. Does he need uh, a priesthood adjustment? Sure, let's adjust him up to teacher. Yes, he's all a t- right. Teacher wow. now. So thank you so much, Jack. Um, and then uh, or you can choose to be uh, on Patreon, where you can uh, where you know. At certain levels, you can receive the Frank and Dan Diary every week. That's, that's more content for you, baby. Uh, anyway, uh, we thank you guys so much, and we have one more person left to thank. We do indeed, Dan. Our top donor, our Lord and Savior, Davis. More show coming up. Oh, Frank. Dan. You know, we didn't set out. to. Our show doesn't want to be a politics show. We don't want to do a show about politics. <laughs> but. That is not what that was not our intention. Yeah. Uh, but it swerved into our lane is the problem. Politics <sighs> a- attacked our subject matter. I know. And it's... so now now we have to. I know. And uh you know the 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 Trump is he's brought about a lot of change in America. Good lord. Not not just to to shows like ours. Um but also interestingly enough to the evangelical purse typical person on the street, right? Yeah. Um, that, that, that there's been this like obviously and 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 there's we're all I think we're very aware of sort of the 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 the, the one that's been reported a lot, right? And we've talked about a lot on the show, which is the 
evangelical churchgoer who um, is hearing messages over the pulpit from their pastor and uh, so forth and so on, right? Sort of the the active daily church attending evangelical. Yeah, but, the sort of hyper Christian, hyper uh, devout. Yeah, and we've really scratched our heads as to like how could a these conservative religious people really at the really be fans of Donald Trump. And we've been through all of that. And I think we all kind of Mm. have wrapped our heads around that, but you sent me an article uh, from the New York times this week. um, That the, the headline is Trump is connecting with a different type of evangelical voter. Um, And, and then it goes on to say they are not just the church going conservative activists who once dominated the GOP. And it talks about, these people who who grew up evangelical, right, um, or conservative Christian, perhaps, and who are now you who who they describe themselves as evangelicals, yeah, and they are, but they are not church attending folks. In fact, the the polls on these people uh, sort of indicate that maybe once or twice a year, as far as like church attendance, maybe, yeah. Um, and but they identify with this with sort of the conservative values and uh although there were some surprises in that list but ultimately these are sort of rudderless um evangelicals because they're not going to church and having any kind of (laughs) whatever possible leadership a pastor might be able to give these people to stay even slightly sane yeah. I mean, they don't you know, have. at least when you go to church, maybe you encounter someone who's like still conservative, but like reels you in from like the crazy, the brink of crazy. Yeah. You know, the, going to church apparently for these people was at least some form of tether to reality, <laughs> which I wouldn't have necessarily believed. <laughs> But it seems very true. Uh, And now they are wildly untethered. They're out there just blowing in the breeze. Free to believe whatever QAnon, like trumped up bullshit. Somebody and, you know, somebody on OAN has to say. Yeah. And it's, it's literally, they're starting to say the quiet parts out loud. They're starting to say things like there was a quote in that article where one of you know one of the evangelical people that that they uh, interviewed said, "The only savior I see mm-hmm. is Trump." Yeah, this person was willing to throw Jesus <laughs> under the bus. <laughs> well, I mean, what the fuck's Jesus did for me lately? Yeah, that's <sighs> I know, like. It's worse than we thought it was, you guys. I mean, I'm not going to characterize this the way I saw somebody on TikTok characterize it, which is like he was thinking that basically the article said that they don't believe in Jesus anymore. They just believe in Trump. Yeah, I don't think it's that far yet. But but they don't. But, you know, the truth is, as that person was saying, like, you know, you look around and you don't see Jesus of Nazareth doing anything for you, you know, doing, Mm. you know, he's not saying anything new. 
Right. But boy, is Trump going to rallies and just saying yeah. whatever he thinks they want to hear. So, yeah, that's true. Well, and then there was also the thing in here that was talking about how um, in sort of interviews with these folks that um, that they'll say that they believe in governing the country by Christian principles. Right. They'll say that. But yeah. then when asked what their their top issues are, they'll say immigration and the economy. Right. Right. And so that's a really that's that's bizarro to me. And while they're they're sort of opposed to abortion, um, they are sort of more skeptical of some of the positions that, like, say, Ron DeSantis has taken. Right. Um, with right. Like these like the six week abortion ban and all that kind of stuff. They 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 they're not they're not really cool with that. And so which is so weird because DeSantis is everything He's the he's the extreme version of everything they say they love. Yeah. Everything they say they want. DeSantis has gone as far as he can go to provide it for them. Yeah. And they're still like, nah, it's Trump. Gotta be Trump. Well, it's it's really where it I mean it really drives home the whole cult of personality aspect yeah. of of the this this moment and this weird thing that's going on in, in Republican politics where it's it's Trump. It's not, it's not Jesus. So right. I kind of get what, what the guy's saying, right? That like, I mean, he's probably overstating it, the guy that you were just referencing, but like, um, but it's, it's kind of there, right? Like the most important thing for these people is Trump. He's their dear leader now. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he's riled them up on the issues of immigration and and they were probably already disaffected, you know, um, by the economy, right? Well, and 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 the yeah. the really important he's leaned point, into that. Yeah. The really important point to them is that Democrats are evil. Yeah, and if you ask them why or like in what way they're evil, what they're doing specifically, other than killing babies, <laughs> like it's just this general sense of evil. Like yeah. they're just bad and they're ruining the country and they, and like literally I think many of them, if not most of them genuinely believe that like the goal of the democratic party is not to enact, you know, policies that they think will help anyone, but to ruin the country specifically. <laughs> that That's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> Which is just, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, obviously. Things have gotten unhealthy. Let, yeah. Can we just can we just say things have gotten very unhealthy in this country uh, as, as, as an understatement? Um, I just, I, you know, I look at it. That, you know, one of the things that this article in the New York Times talked about was that when World Magazine, which is a very Christian uh, publication in 2015. So that was the year before uh, Trump's election, first election, uh -huh. uh, December, late 2015. So Trump had announced that he was running at that point. And if you'll recall way back then, there was a huge field of Republican candidates oh, uh, yeah. that, that wanted the nomination. It was, it was like 10 people or something like that. And he was not, considered the presumptive nominee by any stretch of the imagination. 
And when they, so when uh, World Magazine surveyed 100 evangelical leaders in December of 2015, not a one of them thought named said that Trump was their preferred candidate. Mm. Hmm. But somehow this this con man has managed to get into their psyches in a way that I've never seen before uh in my lifetime. Right. And he just owns them. It, they just uh, it, it's 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 uh it's astounding and baffling to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh <sighs> but it's religious it, yeah. in, in its nature. That's it, it it might maybe would be fun to watch if it wasn't, you know, our country. If it wasn't affecting literally the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's scary. It's a little bit scary. Yeah. Or a lot scary. Yeah, it's whatever. Um <laughs> you know, you got to if 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 you're going to pay attention, you can't you can't let it get you too down, right? I mean, humans had a good run. It's fine. People are over now. <sighs> it's time for the rise of the apes. We'll figure something out. Oh, no. No, it'll be something else. <laughs> the honeybee, Kangaroo. maybe. It's 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 time for kangaroos to take over. <laughs> have, have fun, you bouncy Aussie. Oh, wouldn't that be a great world? Yeah. Bouncy, bouncy. I'm on board. Yeah. I'm on board. Smart it's, it's... kangaroos. <laughs> I like it. I'm on. Uh, this is it, man. We've, we've solved the problem. <laughs> give, give it over to the king, to the ruse. It's, uh, it's their turn. Oh, and how about Dan? We just pledge that next week. We're not going to, for this part of the show, talk about Trump. Okay. We just do that. Yes, I, and it, then, it tires me out. It, it exhausts me. So it is. It is exhausting. So there, there you have it. We have committed. Hopefully, we remember that commitment by the well, time. And we hopefully, get to something next week. really juicy doesn't happen in the meantime. Right. Right. Which, <laughs> I mean, it's not like something happens in the world of Trump literally every oh, damn day at this no. point. Ugh. All right. All right. So we love you guys. Uh, don't you're not allowed to vote for Trump. Remember that. And uh, <laughs> if you'd like to write into us about the Donald, the, our 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 great leader, or any uh, of the topics we've discussed this day, please feel free to write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or call and leave a voicemail message. We'd love to hear from you. The telephone number is four two four six 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 eight four four two. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and click the like button. And if you'd like to join one of our members-only lounges, you can do so by going to our website, thankgodimatheist.com slash members-only. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all y'all for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.